Welcome to season two of Overcoming Working Mum Burnout. I'm your host, Dr. Jacqueline Kerr, mum, burnout survivor, behavior change scientist, and TEDx speaker. I interview international burnout experts, HR and DEI leaders, and lifestyle coaches to find out how we can create individual, organizational, and cultural change to prevent burnout. When mums thrive, the world benefits. Each week when I interview a guest, I ask about specific solutions they recommend for overcoming working mum burnout. And while having ideas for what you can do is a start, as a behavior change scientist and a mum, I know how hard it can be to make a new change and develop a new habit that lasts long enough for it to become automatic and be impactful. That's why I'm doing a mini episode for each guest on the suggested behavior change. If you're in an active state of burnout, managing your stress is important. And sometimes that means taking a total break, especially for many additional goals. Once you're rested, if you are seeking to take an active role in your recovery or prevention of burnout, then having a behavior change plan will help you make the most of your efforts and be more impactful. Last week, I learned about choosing what you want to be on your burnout journey with freedom coach, Stephanie Chick. As a reminder, here's a few takeaways from Stephanie's episode. When I think about my burnout, it really was a spiritual drought. It wasn't about the fact that I wasn't successful. I was extremely successful inside corporate America. But what was missing, that tug, that itch that I talked about earlier, was meaning and fulfillment. Like I wanted to have both. I wanted to achieve success, but I also wanted to feel fulfillment when I came into work every day. It's not about there's anything wrong with success, but you don't want to be in someone else's version of success. That was really what was causing all of the physical symptoms and all of the feelings of depression and just disconnectedness is because it wasn't my version of success. Oftentimes, employees don't feel seen and that it matters what matters to them. There's a beautiful African Zulu phrase called salbona, and it means I see you, I exist. And that's actually how they greet one another. It's not hi, hello, it's salbona, I see you. We all want to be seen. Companies want their prospective customers to see them, to see their added value. Well, so does an employee. It's the most powerful thing that we can do for each other. Just see each other. Between stimulus and response, there lies a space. And in that space lies our power to choose, to choose our happiness. And that has guided me every step of the way is that no matter how dire the situation, I know that I have the power of choice. And it isn't that choice doesn't necessarily, won't come with consequences and challenges and all of that. But even in all of those things, the secondary things that come along after choice, I have choice in that too. And that is empowering to know that you can be in control of your destiny moment by moment. The power of choice is that you're not stuck in choice. 
And it gives you the freedom to explore, to experience everything because you know that at any moment, if it doesn't feel correct within your soul, you can choose differently. Doing has a beginning and an end date. Like I do the dishes. I do a presentation. And that's how most people look at walking through life. What do I need to do? What do I have to get started? And when is it going to be finished? And I don't look at life from that vantage point. It's a being place, which is a place that is never ending. It is always on. It's always evolving. You are always embodying the vision that you have for your life and you eagerly await it to unfold. So the moment that I decided that I want it to be me and I want it to break free, the being began and it has never ended. There's just different iterations of it, but it's still me blossoming. And that's the difference between being and doing. What being means is that you are going to embody this behavior no matter where you are, what you're doing, or who you are with. You don't turn off the spigot because you're sitting with your boss. Otherwise, you're doing the behavior. You're doing it when it's convenient, when it's optimal, when it doesn't cause you to shake in your pants. Like that's doing the behavior. And that's not going to set you free. The plan here will be focusing on being rather than doing to find freedom from burnout. I was so pleased that Stephanie had explained the difference between being rather than doing. It was a concept I still struggled with. When I first went into therapy during my burnout, my therapist kept emphasizing that my whole focus was on doing. I was always trying to do more. And this need to perform through my actions was a key to unlocking how I might do less. There was always a reason behind my actions. For example, I would do just dance with my kids, not because I wanted to be a fun loving mom, but because I wanted to make sure the kids were doing enough exercise. Stephanie's seven being behaviors, be truthful, be courageous, be detached, be loving, be faithful, be still and be happy, felt like a clearer roadmap to me than this nebulous concept of just be. There are several steps to creating a plan that can help set you up for success based on behavior change science. I provide a sample plan to get you started. You can adapt this or create your own, but filling in each step by hand or on the computer will bring you closer to knowing what you want to do and what it will take to get you there. You can print out the whole plan or just focus on the reminders that you set up as part of the plan itself. You can download the plan from the episode website at drjacquelinecurr.com or find it in my LinkedIn post. To start, it is important to set a goal that feels motivating, related to a state that you want to achieve, that gives you an identity you want for yourself. So the first response to submit is what I want to be. Here's the response for this week. What I want to be. I want to be able to move into a state of being instead of doing. There are many behaviors you do that keep you in a state of being burned out. What are they? Rushing from place to place, showing up for everyone else, but not yourself, 
letting your own mental and physical health come last. These behaviors make you feel like a slave and a martyr. We want you to feel free and liberated to choose you first. Being specific in each step helps. The next step helps get into the details, the what. This is the action you want to take. Here's the response for this week. What? Stephanie has identified seven being behaviors. Be truthful, be courageous, be detached, be loving, be faithful, be still, and be happy. You might want to change these to align with your values. Being fun-loving, being healthy, being consistent, being caring. In each moment, you might draw on a different state of being that best serves you, but without letting burnout behaviors take over. The next few steps are key to the implementation plan. When you complete these details, it helps you create a plan that gives you enough detail and ideas to get you started. The when, where, with whom, for how long, and how often helps you create the specifics of the goal. These details also act as reminders. When a certain time comes around, you remember to do the new activity you're trying. You can also choose times and places that are anchored to doing something you do daily, like having a coffee. Then the act of drinking coffee reminds you to do the new behavior. Having a small goal is important. So these steps also help you keep it realistic. Here's the responses for this week. When, Stephanie spoke about being these values even when it wasn't comfortable. The difference between being and doing was the lack of an endpoint rather a state that you're always trying to achieve. Being healthy doesn't stop. It's choices that you always choose to make, even if imperfectly. Where? Stephanie mentioned that you might draw on these different states at different times, like a roadmap. In some situations, truthful, courageous, and loving could apply. In others, detached and still could serve your needs. But she also spoke about being committed to them in uncomfortable situations too. So not letting your being drop just to suit the occasion. With whom? Likewise, Stephanie suggested showing up with all people committed to these states of being. If you let them go with your boss, for example, then you're not going to have the results you want, which is feeling liberated and free. Stephanie's program includes spending time unlearning the behaviors that keep you stuck. So you can imagine times, places, and people where that would be more challenging. For how long each time? Since this is about a state of being with no time limits, then these time constraints do not really apply. At the same time, there will be a phase of unlearning past behaviors that keep you stuck. For example, always saying yes when you really want to say no, and a period of practicing the new behaviors. For example, asking for what you need instead of putting others' needs first. How often per week? To get started, you first need to be aware, what are the things you are doing? What are the choices you are making that are keeping you stuck in a state of burnout? How often are you making these choices? Given that we might be in a state of burnout, the chances are we're constantly making choices and doing things that contribute without us even being aware. The first step is to start paying attention to those all the time. For how many weeks? Stephanie's program is three weeks of unlearning 
and three weeks of relearning. So this seems a reasonable time frame. You can download Stephanie's free masterclass from sevenbehaviors.com slash Stephanie Chick. So many of the details we have just completed can be entered into a schedule or planner so that you have regular reminders. While you're developing a new habit, frequent reminders keep the activity top of mind. So we need to think through other ways of setting up easy reminders. Here's the response for this week. Reminder. The biggest cue to adopting this new mindset will be whether you can become aware of the behaviors you are doing and the choices you are making. Tracking your yeses and nos can be a great way to start becoming aware of the choices you make. If you find yourself talking about how busy you are, stop and think about the things you are doing. When you feel the weight of should, stop and think about the choices. By this stage of the plan, you'll be starting to think about what is going to get in the way of your actioning this plan. A lot of resistance can arise. Try to put it all down so you can come up with ways to overcome these barriers. For now, we won't try to address them. We'll keep setting up parts of the plan that will give you the confidence you can master this new activity and we'll address the barriers later. So here's the response for this week. Anticipated barriers. A barrier to moving into a state of being is simply not understanding the difference between being and doing. Also, the initial feelings of guilt when you stop doing the things that you feel you're expected to do. You may also receive pushback as when you set any new boundary. An important part of a successful goal is accountability. How will you keep yourself on track? We'll talk about tracking tools next, but having an accountability partner is a great way to get support for your goal. Here's the response for this week. Accountability. Having an accountability partner who will support you giving up the things you do that leave you feeling burned out will be important. But given this new approach is so consuming to all parts of your life, your biggest accountability will be to yourself. Use the tracking tools provided next and keep yourself accountable to having more choices that leave you feeling free, not burned out. Tracking is important to see if you're meeting your goal, to help you gain a sense of achievement and to help you adapt your goal as time goes on. There are lots of easy ways to keep track and doing this also prompts you to keep doing the activity. It also serves as a reminder. So here's the response for this week. Tracking. Write a list of all the things you do. I would use an Excel file. It'll be a big list. Then check whether there is something that makes you feel free or burned out. Write F or B by each one. Order the list by F and focus on those behaviors and let the others go actively by delegating or just by default by not spending so much time focusing on them. Write a list of the new things you are asked to do and track your yeses and nos and how you feel. F for free or B for burned out. Start choosing F. Not everyone needs a reward for achieving their goal, but sometimes celebrating and acknowledging your achievements does help keep you motivated. If you do not need a specific reward, having a reminder of why this goal is important will help reinforce your ongoing efforts. So here's the response for this week. 
reinforcement reward. The benefits in this scenario may take a while to sing more loudly than the guilt, but the feeling should be a sense of freedom, that you are free to make choices. Not everyone will like the choices you make and choices have consequences, but knowing you have control over your actions and your choices and that you choose a state of being free, not being burned out, is an important anchor. Often, the expectations are not what we think. And often, the pushback is someone else's problem, not ours. Now let's plan to overcome some of those barriers. Hopefully, you have enough ideas about positive things you can do to support your goal that these barriers seem less influential now. But take each one and come up with a counter plan. While new barriers can arise at any time, realizing there are things you can do to counter them helps give you confidence to get started and resilience to keep going. So here's the response for this week. Overcoming barriers. Being consistent with your choices will help set this new boundary. Each time you practice, the guilt will lessen and the consistency of your response will tell others you are serious in this effort. If in every area of your life you start living by these freedom values, then you'll be getting more practice and all your efforts will align and support each other. Otherwise, they could end up working against each other. Your list of activities and choices will help you start to recognize when you are doing rather than being. Finally, as your plan is outlined, you're likely to need help with some parts of it. We've already thought about an accountability partner, and some goals will involve other people. Here, you are thinking about the practical help you might need so that you can focus on your goal when you have planned on working on it. Here's the response for this week. Getting support. Letting go of activities and expectations will be a key to success here. There might be some activities that you need to delegate or share. Getting support from others at work and home to pick up essential tasks will be important. But first, defining them as essential and letting others see their role in these essential tasks will create that win-win. And maybe together, you'll end up defining some of them as non-essential. Just remember, each time, does that activity leave you feeling burned out or more free? I know such a detailed plan may feel like a lot, but as a busy working mom, you probably know if it doesn't get scheduled, it won't happen on its own. Even spending time thinking about the plan will have solidified your resolve to work on it, and you're more likely to succeed. One of the ways I started to appreciate being rather than doing was when I learned my husband's love language was quality time. It had not occurred to me before that I could demonstrate love to him just by sitting with him on the sofa watching a show. We didn't have to be doing anything. I think so often as working mums, we are extremely busy bees. We're rushing from place to place, doing all these things that we believe are required for us, for our kids, for our colleagues, for our employees, for our partners. All this doing is part of our undoing. So if we can shift our mindset to ask each time we feel that need to do, could another guide be to think about how can I be in this situation? By this choice, am I being true 
courageous, loving? If I asked these questions, I think I might have caught myself doing these things I didn't want to, but which I thought I should do. I think one of the choices I make is to be healthy. And so in every situation, I try to make choices that align with that value in exercising, eating vegetables, limiting alcohol. I think what I didn't appreciate was that my mental health was important as my physical health. So now I need to also ask, will these choices be part of being mentally healthy? It's not something that I just do at one point in time and stop. It's something that always guides me. So what choices do I make that contribute to my mental burnout too? How can I choose to not be in a state of burnout? Good luck with your goal. Thank you so much for listening today. As you may have noticed from my intro, I did a TEDx talk. It was such an amazing experience. You can learn all about it from the episode I dedicated to getting and giving a TEDx talk. Please also watch the talk on YouTube when it's released or contact me through my website, drjacquelinecur.com, and I'll send you the link. I also have a question for you. Does your company recognize the issue of burnout, but you haven't yet found the solutions that work to improve employee well-being and retain talent? If you think my approach to burnout could be helpful for your organization, please contact me through LinkedIn or my website. But remember, as a behavior change scientist, I am satisfied with nothing less than real measurable behavior change. Not attitude change or good intentions or good PR. I deliver actionable solutions. As a TEDx and keynote speaker, I can provide an empowering talk to kickstart your efforts and get everyone on the same page because burnout requires individual, organizational, and cultural change. I can provide a strategic plan, target behaviors, and clear steps. If you already have an external program in place, I can help provide a behavioral analysis and evaluation to see if it's really working. If your company is demonstrating that it really cares through meaningful internal and external investments and regular assessments, but you're struggling to implement policies and changes that have impact, I can help identify the roadblocks and provide a collaborative process to help you make progress. My goal is to prevent burnout and empower working mums to keep changing the world. And please remember, burnout can be related to serious health problems. If you're experiencing physical or mental health symptoms, please contact a health provider or call the appropriate helpline. This podcast does not replace medical advice. Take care. Where?